Uh, all I can remember about Korea was extremely hot. It was just like here when it was really torturous hot. It was like two or three days out of two weeks I was up there. It was like reaching 100 degrees. It was really, really hot. And it was unusual hot in Korea as well. But basically out there I was doing the same thing that I've been doing in the past. And uh, just sharing the challenges and the pains that, that I have had and how those challenges and pains in my life, previous life and today, has caused us to do the good things, which is to, to be able to make music out of it. You know, oftentimes we think that you make music when everything is going well and uh, everything is good and, you know, a lot of joyful things. But if you really think about the music that really touches us, that transforms lives, are the times when it was written, when they're just, uh, just revealing in, the, uh, uh, in, in, in Christ Jesus what he has done for them uh, during that uh, tough times. And that's basically what I share, whether it's you know, five people, whether it's 10,000 people, it doesn't really matter. That's what we do. The question really then is, who is Jesus? Okay, I don't have to collect your thoughts, but I know that most of the time when people ask, who is Jesus, we tend to say, well, he's son of God. He was carpenter. You know, things like that. Uh, however, if you really, really think about it, what made Jesus to be on the go? What made Jesus do what he did during his lifetime here? It was really about him wanting to, his higher goal being to save. That's what um, drove him to the things that he has done. He didn't remind himself constantly to the people that, hey, I'm son of God. He didn't say, hey, I'm just carpenter. No, he says, I came here to save. And when he had that purpose in his life, everything else came in place to describe what the saving nature was. The Bible basically talks about, and we're on this series called Make Music of the Heart. And the Bible basically says that we are to um, play a new song and new sing a song, uh, play and do it well, play skillfully. And uh, Psalm 57 says, my heart is steadfast, O Lord, my heart is steadfast, and I will sing and make music. It would talk about how we make music, not just by instruments, but we make true music uh, by the way in which we live out our life. And we're basically born to make music. And in the past, we talked about how, we t- how to make this music. We say we make music by making a difference. We make music by dreaming the higher purpose in life. We said that we make music by just being there for someone. When we're there for somebody, you're actually making music for that person. Oftentimes, um, people get together, they actually like to listen to a music, you know, the sound, music, like instrument, radio, or CD, and things like that. Sometimes we just turn that all down, and the stillness, just your presence, just being there, without necessarily uttering a lot, too many words, just being there, it, is, it has its own amazing sound of music. And it's comforting and it's soothing. And you can make music by telling stories. 
your stories of the past, how it encouraged you, you know, how much of edifying and the music is to other people to hear your challenges, how you overcome those challenges. And you can make music of the heart as you actually do overcome certain challenges that you have faced as well. Today, we want to talk about how we can make music simply by just doing it. So, well, what do you mean? Well, life is about doing, meaning Jesus came to save. That's what he was doing, to save. He didn't put himself as, I am son of God, and you ought to, to do, be like me. He didn't say, he was just come and just say, you know, I want you to respect me as son of God. None of that thing was uh, his life. When he, when he was living his life, when he was doing his life, he was simply focusing on one verb, and that was to save. And when you do that, when you do that kind of way in which you to live, you're beginning to engage in life. And, and when you do that, you become, instead of being static in life, you become dynamic and you're constantly becoming active. So James 2, 18 through 20 says, But someone will say that you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know? Do you really want to know today, you foolish man, that faith without work is dead? Now, when you first became a Christian, we didn't emphasize on this. When you first became Christians, well, we kind of put this kind of aside. You know, you don't become saved by works. It's free gift. So we just, just emphasize free gift and free gift. You don't have to do anything to be saved. That is 100% and totally true. But in the Bible, when you, became, when you become a Christian, you become a believer, now it's a different story. Now you have already earned ticket. You earned the right to go to heaven. God has already given you that ticket, whether it's airplane ticket or however you want to go, a ticket with a cloud or a ticket with a plane, with an airplane, whatever it is. You already got that admission, the ticket to go there. You don't need the two tickets to go to heaven. You don't go back up and come down. You only need one. And often we ask for more more of the freebies. You don't need more freebies. And from this point on, God is saying, you've got to do the life of doing. I want you to see you do. Just like my son Jesus, he came to save. He lived life of saving. And as he focused on saving, you know what he did? He, he forgave people. He comforted people. He restored people. He did all those things under the name of just simply saving people. It wasn't about that, that noun that is son of God, a carpenter. What else was he? It was his life was described with verb, which is basically to save. And everything else came through that. About a couple months ago, we won a big project for design project. I know I mentioned it on a different context. And um, 
It's for Under Armour. Uh, I didn't know what it was because I'm not really into this fashion or sports of fashion. I just wear whatever people gave me uh, in Christmas time. You know, they, <laughs> they gave me some clothing and it's got a little logo that says, what is it? Polo. Oh, okay, that's good. I just wear that. And whatever it is, I just wear them. And you know, I just, I don't really go to shopping. And uh, I knew about Nikes because it's so powerful. Just do it, you know, just Nikes. And uh, there's Under Armour. And Tommy was like, really big deal. I said, what's Under Armour? Well, every kid, everybody knew what Under Armour was. And Under Armour is just basically the competitor to Nikes. Nike has like $17 billion business, whereas uh, Under Armour is like a fraction of that. So they have this big dream of becoming so big and have the potential of becoming big. And they're building a brand new um, headquarters in um, Baltimore um, area. And we want a commission to do the design for like 5,000 space a parking facility with uh, uh, chill plants and, and all that wonderful stuff that goes with it. What I found out as I was researching about the firm, they never say we want to be the best. They never say we want to produce a quality uh, uh, sports words or anything like that. They didn't say we're going to compete with their, the other competitor, like you're going to be as good as them. None of this stuff. They basically are doing life. You know what, they, you know what their slogan is? Their, their, their life that causes people into action? It's simply two words, and it's so simple. Everywhere, when you go into website and type in uh, Under Armour, what you see when you go to the, their, their um, headquarters in the lobby, what you see is simply, I will. It's everywhere. That's their culture. I will. Whatever it is that you're thinking about, I will do it. It's kind of interesting. Nike has the same thing. Just do it. And they're saying, I will. Because think about it. Something about just do it, living the life, doing the life, I will is process. It's not a result. You see, that's the biggest thing. Just do it is a process. It's not the result. I will is not the result. It's the process. It is a process that we are to enjoy. It's not about going to heaven should be our, I guess, it doesn't have to be goal because we already got the ticket. Okay? It's the process of getting there, process of living here. If you want to go on a vacation, people think about, I'm going to uh, Poconos for a vacation. Poconos used to be a big deal when I was young, but nobody talks about it as much. It's always like Caribbean islands or whatever, you know, Hawaii. But let's say Poconos is your destination place. And we often think about, I'm going to enjoy, and I go to vacation, when I land, when I get to Poconos, I'm going to enjoy my vacation. That's not, that should be, I guess that's okay, but it's the, the real thing is, are you doing life from beginning to the end? So what about from preparing from home to getting to the vacation site? You should enjoy that just as much as the time that you're actually there. Just think about it. That's a life. That's actually doing the life. So in order for us to do that, we need to look at it differently. So just like, and you think about who is Jesus, 
Instead of thinking about him as a, just the son of God, think of it as Jesus saves. It's a different way of looking at it. Because when you say son of God, you'll think of, you put him in the podium, oh, that's what he is. And there's no real action by us. But if you say Jesus saves, Jesus saves, he, that's what he does from the morning to the evening. And every time he was alive, that's what he was doing. If you think in that notion, we begin to be like him. Enough to save others and himself. The illustration that I just love, and I know I mentioned this illustration before, perhaps in a little different context too. And there was a, a group of uh, students uh, who were studying, uh, students being like little kids, studying, the uh, teacher was teaching uh, them as to what the seven wonders of the world. You remember hearing me say that kind of thing? And the kids started you know, mentioning, well, you know, Great Pyramid of the uh, Giza, the Victoria Falls, Grand Canyon, and, and a Great... Uh, Wall of China, Eiffel Tower, all these things came about. And there was one girl who was a little bit hesitant as to what to just, he didn't, she didn't submit this, the list. And the patient went over to her and said, like, but what are your seven wonders of the world? Can I see your list? And she hesitated a bit. And what she wrote down is, my seven wonders of the world are to touch, to taste, to see, to hear. And she continued to run, to laugh, and to love. That's looking at things quite differently. A little bit differently. You see, God expects us to look at our life differently. Differently. And that difference allows us to do life and stay dynamic and stay active. That's what we do. That's the life. When you do uh, describe uh, differently, then you can enjoy the process and, in fact, enjoy the, the ultimate destination that we're talking about uh, just as well. I talk about this quite a bit when I would go to Korea, and uh, especially young people, they really seem to uh, enjoy it. And I usually ask them, you know, when you grow up, uh, when you're young, uh, what did you want him to be? And most of people say, I want him to be a fireman when they're little, like four or five-year-old. They always say they want to be a fireman, and then they want to be a policeman, and then they grow up a little bit, they want to be a nurse, or they want to be a doctor, or a lawyer, or an architect, an engineer, whatever it may be. Then I ask them, what are the common denominators of all that? So, so smart people would say, That's, uh, what you just described, the one common denominator is a, it's a profession. That's absolutely right. What else is a common denominator? And usually they struggle with them. And I said, this is all noun. Like in grammar, it's all noun. So you look at, look at life a little differently. Just like this little girl. If you look at your life, at what you want it to be, not with a noun, but with a verb. Just like this little girl, instead of saying the actual places like great Wall of China or Taj Mahal or Victoria Falls or Niagara Falls, and you say, my seven wonders of the world are to touch, to taste, to hear, and to run, to laugh, and even to love. And think about it. You are actually going to be engaging in life in a very really graceful way, and you will be in turn making music. You don't make music by saying, I want to be a doctor, I want to be an engineer. You can't make music like that. 
But if you describe what you want to be with the verb, I want to heal people, I want to save people, I want to inspire people, I want to help people, if that's who you are, just like Jesus saying, I came here to save. That's what I am, I save. And he was able to do that on a regular basis. So the question is, who is Peter? And I mentioned this earlier too. Who is Peter? Or who was the Peter? Normally people know Peter as a fisherman. Mostly just a fisherman. But as I mentioned in the past, Jesus knew better. Just like Jesus was to save, Peter was to what? Peter was to save. No, Peter was to catch. He wanted to catch. That's what he wanted to do all his life. And Jesus said, and Jesus knew this and, and said this in the Luke uh, chapter 5, verse 4 and verse 10. This is what he says. He, Jesus knew uh, Peter's nature, his verb, what he's made of. He says, verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And at the end, you know the story about Peter and, you know, he couldn't catch any fish and, you know, and then Jesus told him to catch, put a door over there and he followed him, he did it and caught so many fish and then he repented of himself and then he denied everything and followed Jesus, and this is what Jesus said. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. It's like Jesus, God saying to Jesus, you are going down there to earth, not to be, to, to be known as son of God. You're going down there to save. Let's do some saving. And through his action, through his life, at the end, he saved he saved us. So just to make this more clear uh, to, to in your mind, so if, if, if Peter was living on a mountain, we said that he would be probably catching rabbit or deers. If he was living in a desert, he would probably caught lizards and snakes. Or, you know, he caught fish because he happened to live in shore because his makeup, his fabric, his passion is to, to catch, just as Jesus is to save. Because the verb is a process. It's an action. It's a dynamic. It's doing life. Verbs ignite. Verbs excite. Verbs are like the life of poetry. Think about this poetry. You take out some of these key words of the verbs. You can't make a poetry out of it. Poetry brings color, brings emotion, it brings movement, it gives flaw. It's the process. The verbs are the heart of the music. That's what it is. Verbs are the heart of the music. If you want some color in your life, think verbs. Not with a noun as to what you would like to do or what you would like to accomplish. And I know I've shown this slide as well. Look at all these companies. I've added a few more things. So here is Nike. They describe themselves this, uh, as a process. Just do it. And Under Armour, I will. Okay. Jesus is saying, 
I save. That's what he would say. I save. He wouldn't say, I'm son of a God. He would not say that. I save. Toyota, Apple, Apple. Think, different. Think, think. It's, it's a verb. It's a verb. Ford is all about building. Build, build, build it tough. Sony, make, make, and believe. They're all verbs, guys. I think, they, I think I told you before. I think they got it from the Bible. They did. Because that's what, it's the process. It's not the result. It's the process. We often think about, I want to be like Christ. Wait a minute. Christ, it's now. It's, it's a person. It's not a, it's not a verb. You've got to come up with a verb uh, in order to be able to be like him. Use verb. Think verb. Just like this, some of the companies that they had done so. So Luke 12, 35 says, Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Be ready. You know, be in the process. When something happens, be able to jump with your verb. Peter jumped in it. He didn't say, well, I need to think about it. Because it's the process. He's all about catching so he was catching fish, and Jesus said, I want you to continue to catch with me, but come, come, I want you to catch something else. I don't care. He didn't care what, what was he was catching as long as he was catching. Jesus, he came, he says, I'm not just going to save uh, Hebrews or Jewish people. I'm going to save Gentile too. He didn't care. It's as long as, as long as he saves. Okay? As long as he saves. And we should have the same kind of attitude as Christian life. So let's look at Psalm 23, verse 1 through 4. It's the Bible verses that we all know. It's a Bible verse that comforts us so much when we're going through difficult times or distress. I was in the hospital uh, waiting for a heart transplant many years ago. Everybody, whether they're a believer, whether they're a Christian, they're Jew, they all cite this psalm together. When someone is called for heart transplant, everybody's excited, and they're just they're, they're glad for each other, and they're all, we all gather, about 17 to 18 people, we all gather in one place, and we we'll hold our hands, whether they believe it or not, we cite this, or pray this, Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is music, guys. It's a poetry, and it's music. And it's like the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one. He makes. I highlighted the verbs. He makes. That's the process. It makes things happen. It's doing life. He makes me lie down the green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in path of righteousness. He guides on a daily basis. It's a process. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There is no way that we could 
have this poetry, have this music, if we take out this verb out of this context. This verb gives the, gives the, the color, gives the emotion, gives the true uh, comfort, gives that what we need to do on a daily basis to be comforted through our God. Living a life where the verbs cause us to make music. If you look at the next slide, I really try to just zero in on that critical role. So if you focus on the, the right hand that the logos or the, the, the verbs that I was able to get some from the uh, uh, internet, when God makes us do something, we begin to sing. When God begins to lead us, that's when we make music through our lives. When God restores us, we also sing. When God walks with us, we make music as well. When we fear no evil during our distress, we also sing songs for one another. And when Jesus comforts us, we make music of the heart. So if you take some of those verbs and becomes your verb, whether you put on your own, make it your own uh, a verb or a slogan, a logo of your life, there will be some major transformation that can place in our lives. First Peter 1.13 says this, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Prepare your minds for action. If you describe as what you want to be with a noun, it's, very, it's difficult for us humans to use that as a process of living a life. But if you use verbs to engage yourself, you have already then prepared your minds for action. And when you, are, when you sing, when you make music, using the verbs, you're doing the life, you're putting it into action, and you're doing the work. James uh, chapter 1, verse 22 through 24 says, Do not merely listen to words. So this is what happens if you try to describe what you want to be with a noun. You just try to listen. Yeah, that's what I want to be. Yeah, that's what I want to be. Yeah, I want to be like Christ. Yeah, I want to, I want to be a superstar, <laughs> whatever the case may be. You begin to listen. I've seen so many people, they, they just love to listen. They love to go to revivals. They love to go to seminars. They love to go to lunch and learns. But they don't gain anything. Because they don't, they don't put it into action. It's not a process for them. Do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourself. That's what you end up doing. Do what it says. Anyone who listens 
to the world, but does not do what he says is like a man who looks at his mirror. No, he looks his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So let's do life by doing, by using verbs to define our actions. Let's do life. And when we do life with the verbs, that's when we make music. Just like that little girl. Let's define faith, not with noun, but with the verbs. In a conclusion, Let's go back to that illustration, little girl. All the little kids said, my seven wonders of the world are all these big places describing with a noun, whether it's Victoria Falls, Niagara Falls, Tazimua, Eiffel Tower, all that Grand Canyon. And there's one girl describing my seven wonders of the world are all the verbs to see, to taste, to hear, to touch, to run, to love, and to love. And you ask yourself, who do you think would be doing the life? Who do you think will be living life of doing? Who do you think will be loved? Who do you think will be pleased by God? Who do you think will succeed in life? There is no question is that girl who's going to make life more successful. And they're going to be more people will be attracted to this girl. There's no question this girl is going to have more impact on other people. In fact, not only she can taste, touch, she will be touching, impacting so many people, even if she's a little young, than when she becomes grown up, because that's her life. It's like Jesus saves. And that's Jesus' verb. He came to save. In doing so, he lived a, a full life with verbs that describes what saving is all about. And he did all the other things under saving with other word verbs, just like psalm, just using different verbs to edify, to comfort, to encourage. And Jesus, his logo, and if he was wearing his shirt, Jesus, and he would say, I save. And his action were things like, I sacrifice, I forgive, I love, I comfort, I lead, and I walk. And the list goes on and on and on. That's the kind of life that we ought to be living, that we know that will please God as well. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the words that you give to us. It was always there. We just need to look at our life a little bit differently. We looked at our life with our plans, our action plans, with the goal of the future. And those things are good. We ought to continue to do that. But you have asked us to live this life on a daily basis as a process, to enjoy each and every moment, 
In order for us to do that, that we need to embrace the colorful, uh, the flowing um, nature of the verbs that brings about in our life. Help us to use words like make, lead, restore, guide, walk, and comfort. And help us to also to be able to forgive, to love, to sacrifice. So that we may be seen pleasing to you. So that we may be able to continue to receive favor by you. We thank you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.